Dominus Vobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundo Matteo. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat already a few miles offshore was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Verbum Domini. Take a moment, please, and make sure your cell phone is turned off. Paganos teléfonos celulares, por favor. As I've mentioned before, as I've mentioned before, if someone arrived now or later in the Holy Mass and stayed even to the final blessing, they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. The gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass. It cannot be skipped. But after the, this Mass, there's still the 8 o'clock Mass. They could attend that Mass. Open your bulletin, please, to page 4. And you see there at the top of page 4, yesterday, August 9th, um, it's the Feast of St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross in 1942. Um, this Carmelite sister was killed at Auschwitz and her body uh, consumed by the ovens there. Uh, she's an amazing woman. She was born in Germany uh, at a very inauspicious time. Um, in between World War I and World War II, she earned, I think, two doctorates at a German university. That's unheard of. She was a Jew and a woman, and she earned two doctorates. Um, when she was very young, um, her father died, and so when she was about 14, she announced to her mother that she was an atheist. It, what every mother wants to hear, right? So um, later on, after she got her doctorates in Germany, right, um, she became a Catholic, and then a Carmelite sister. She's a... She's an incredible witness to the faith. Um, she and her sister Rosa were taken out of the Carmelite convent and shipped off by train to Auschwitz. Um, the people remember seeing her along the way and after her death testified to how she was a calming presence walking among the mothers with their children, you know, mothers out of their minds trying to keep their watch over their children and they would be very uh, had a very calming effect helping the mothers until the very end, until they were pushed into the showers, right? 
Also, yesterday in 1945, that was the day that the bomb was dropped over Nagasaki. Yeah, 1945, it was yesterday. Um, you look there on page four, it says Sunday, August 10th. Today is the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, if it weren't a Sunday, today would be the Feast of St. Lawrence, the deacon. In the year 258, three days after the Roman government had killed Pope St. Sixtus II and his companions, St. Lawrence, the uh, deacon of Rome, was killed. Um, he had said um, he needed a few days to get the treasure of the church ready to hand it over to the government. Imagine that, the government wanting the church's money. Huh, imagine that. That was back then. Well, anyway, the uh, so St. Uh, Lawrence, um, what money the church had, he gave to the poor, and he came to the Roman prefect, and he said, well, where's the treasure of the church? And he pointed to these poor people. Well, he was not amused. So he had a fire made, a big fire. They're going to have a barbecue. And guess who was to be barbecued? Yeah, St. Lawrence was put over these coals. St. Lawrence is known to have gone, gone to his death with uh, joy, um, joking, if you will, to the uh, executioner. Hey, buddy, turn me over. I'm done on this side. You think, well, gee, that sounds terrible. Yeah, being roasted alive is terrible. Uh, I uh, looked it up. The... Uh, so today's the Feast of St. Lawrence. It happened in 258, the year 258. Um, look on Monday. It's the Feast of St. Clare of Assisi. She was beautiful from a wealthy family, and she threw it all away to follow uh, Christ in helping St. Francis start the female branch of the Franciscans. Oh, wait a minute. She didn't throw it all away. She gave it all to God. In our culture, that's the same thing. You mean you did the, you did what? Uh, beautiful, um, wealthy, and you're entering the church, oh, you're just throwing that away. Blind. Blind. Right? This is the culture we live in. Uh, the next page. Um, look on uh, Thursday. I gave St. Maximilian Colby a promotion. He was just a priest, but I, there I have him down as Pope St. Maximilian Colby. You didn't realize I was so powerful, right? But anyway, um, on August 14, 1941, um, a year before St. Teresa Benedicta of the cross uh, was killed at Auschwitz, St. Maximilian Kolbe um, died at Auschwitz. Um, what an amazing man. He was canonized by St. John Paul II. Uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe was born in Poland and a Franciscan. Um, the... Um, at Auschwitz, there was a, a prisoner who escaped. Now, who in their right mind would try to escape from Auschwitz? Why would you try to escape? I mean, it's only a death camp, right? So some prisoner escaped. So what did the Nazis do? They rounded up 10 prisoners and sent them off to the starvation bunker at Auschwitz. Um, so one of the last man picked, he had several children, and he cried out, uh, uh, no, please, I have several children. They're, they need their father. St. Maximilian Colby stepped forward, identified himself as a Catholic priest, and asked if he could substitute for the man. That man and that father and his children were present at the canonization of St. Maximilian Colby uh, with St. John Paul II. So they took these ten men down to the starvation bunker, and they've done, they've done this to a lot of prisoners. 
they stripped them naked and threw them into this basement, cold, um, with no food or water. The, the two guards at the door on the outside, they heard things in there they had never heard before. Usually people were shrieking and crying out or cursing God. Uh, St. Maximilian led the other nine men in hymns and songs, and one by one he prepared them for death as they died from these terrible conditions. Uh, after a couple of weeks, they came in and found him there in the middle of the dark room, naked as he had been left there, kneeling in prayer. And since this guy, I guess they needed the room, so they, they took a needle and injected him with carbolic acid, killed him. Um, so St. Maximilian Colby is Thursday. You know, uh, so many of you had the miraculous medal because of St. Maximilian Colby. He went around uh, Europe and around the world handing out miraculous medals. Where do you think I got the idea? Yeah, I'm not that creative. Well, anyway, you can see there Thursday. It's his feast. It's also the vigil of the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We have one, two, three, four masses. Uh, also on August 14th, three years ago, that image of Our Lady Guadalupe appeared in this church for the first time. So when Mass starts on, on Thursday at 7 p.m., that's just when she arrived here. We had just finished the, uh, this Mass, and she arrived. It was three years ago. It was just before we started the 8 o'clock Mass on Sunday. So, uh, so many graces have come to us through Our Lady. Um, the, uh, then you see three other Masses uh, on Friday the 15th. And friends, do not be discouraged. If you're trying to figure out the Holy Day system, uh, is it a holy day? Is it really? Well, it's, sometimes it's a holy day, but you don't have to go. Yeah. If this same day happened to be on a Saturday rather than a Friday, it would still be a holy day, but you wouldn't have to go. Or if it were a Monday. Um, yeah, I called two other priests just to verify it. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's, we could do better. But anyway, um, uh, the, uh, so there's a mass at seven on Thursday night, then 8 a.m., 11 a.m., and 8 p.m. If you turn the page, at the top of page seven, there's a schedule just writ out um, one after the other. Then our natural family planning. If you um, are married and would like to learn about this, I, I recommend it for married people, not for newly, not for um, um, uh, people who are getting married. The, I think it's you could take it the course right after you get married. But anyway. There it is, uh, August 22nd, class number one of three classes here. Look at the bottom of page seven. What a great book. Uh, I'm almost through with The Great and Holy War. Um, the, the problems that I just talked about before Mass, do you know that radical Islam, just before World War I started, it was almost extinguished. It was, you could just hear it going, like, like some animal dying. World War I happens, boy, and it, it just flourishes. It flourishes. Um, terrible. Well, anyway, this is not just about that, but it's, it's, it's about World War I. Some history is boring. This author does a great job presenting the Catholic Church, and he's not a Catholic. I know a lot of Catholics who couldn't write Catholic history or teach. Well, anyway, I better stop right there. Anyway, must concentrate. <laughs> If page nine is a new announcement to you, would you please read it later on? Uh, because most of you have already heard it several times. Page uh, 10, 
Book down at number five and number six. A lot of people have told me that they're starting to pray the Liturgy of the Hours. If you use these apps, um, well, when they shorten the word app, now they're just calling them uh. There's an uh for divineoffice.org and an uh for ebrebrey.com. <laughs> you know what? You wait five months and they'll be calling them uh, right? Um, and if you want a hard copy, you can just go to number six, Magnificat Magazine, and um, I guess it's number seven, um, um, six and seven, yeah. But Magnificat Magazine is not free. It's not expensive, but it's not free. Page 11, RCIA, Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults. Uh, yeah, I'd like to be a Catholic. I'd like to learn more about the Catholic Church, uh, the Catholic faith. No pressure. It says zero pressure. Um, if you if you go through the classes and you still no it's not for me okay fine then you have to give us back our our set of glasses and then the, what do you call it the uh, extra silverware and all the other remember when they used to do that gas stations please come to the gas station we'll give you we'll give you glasses we'll give you dishes I only remember that because I saw it on YouTube I'm too young to remember that okay <laughs> look at the bottom of page eleven these are two small books. I recommend to you, uh, uh, August 6th, uh, Hiroshima was bombed. August 9th, Nagasaki was bombed. Um, the Bells of Nagasaki, I recommend that one. Dr. Takashi Nagai, um, he was a native Japanese. He was a pagan. He joined the military there in Japan. How many of you know that in World War One, Japan was on the side of the Allies, our side? And World War One. Well, what happened? I would just tell you it was terrible diplomacy of the American government. I'm not saying that Japan was blameless. I mean, there was Pearl Harbor, right? But um, when you can go from being an ally of the United States in World War One, and December seventh, um, World War Two, you're an enemy. Somebody dropped the ball, right? Well, Doctor Takashi Nagai met a woman, her name was Midori, and she was Catholic. And she helped bring him to conversion. Uh, Dr. Takashi Nagai wrote this book, and when the bomb went off over Nagasaki, he was in the city, he wasn't killed, his health was terribly injured, his wife was killed. When he went home to find her, um, her body was not there, uh, the, like so many others. Instantly, her body was vaporized by the atomic blast. What they did was they found the carbon outline to where her body was in their home. And where her hand was, they found the, the outline of her hand, like one of those police chalk lines, right? And in her hand was her rosary. The rosary was melted. It's in the museum in Nagasaki. Um, Dr. Takashi Nagai was the founding dean of the School of Radiology at the University of Nagasaki. Um, I say this because so many people are told, are told today that faith and reason don't go together. Faith and reason do not go together. That's ridiculous. Dr. Takashi Nagai was a brilliant man. So was St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. Two doctorates, right? So... When people say, well, faith and reason don't go together, what in the world are they talking about? They're not talking about the Catholic faith. They're not talking about Christianity. Um, so um, the year after 
doctor that a year after the bomb was dropped on Nagasaki, the, the leaders of Nagasaki voted him to be the one to give up and give a talk uh, on the Memorial Day of all the dead. And you know what he did when he got up there? He, he said, I do, not, I do not hold a grudge against those who did this. He said he thought it was God's providence. Don't you know that a lot of his fellow Japanese were mad? Yeah, really, you got to get these books. Um, uh, history is not boring when you read the right books. There's some history books that are very boring. Um, and then um, look on the cover of the bulletin here. Um, Dr. Takashi Nagai's wife was a descendant of these first martyrs. These men uh, and these men and women um, were martyred on the hill just above Nagasaki in 1597. So this is the the the, the first martyrs of Japan. So anyway, um, I recommend those to you. Uh, now for the homily, look at the uh, first lines of the gospel. After Jesus had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, Jesus went up on the mountain by himself to pray in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Jesus has just fed, what, 20, 25,000 people when there, was, there were leftovers, and he fed them with five loaves and two fish. Who would refuse to believe that Jesus was God after that? Well, how about the apostles, the disciples? They get into the boat. Jesus says, now go across the Sea of Galilee. It's really a lake, but they didn't have a word for lake. Uh, if they lived in Texas, they would have to have a word for lake, right? But uh, they called it the Sea of Galilee, and it was known for uh, its stormy weather. It's a very wide lake. Um, so uh, they were crossing the sea, and Jesus, uh, maybe Jesus didn't know there was going to be a storm that night. Oh, I forgot to look at the news, forgot to read the newspaper, right? He forgot to look at the weather report. Wait a minute, Jesus is God. He would know if there was going to be a storm? Now think about it. This is very, this is very crucial. Can you imagine? Wait a minute. You sent me across that sea when you knew how bad it was going to be? What, are you trying to kill me? How many times has something like that come out of your mouth or mine? Right? Oh, unless things are just smooth sailing, if, if there's a storm of any kind, what, are you, are you trying to kill me? Um, how ridiculous we are. Uh, parents often ask their children, when they hear something crazy coming out of their mouths, they say, where did you hear that? Who, who told you that? Right. Does that sound familiar? Of course it does. Who told you that only smooth sailing? Oh, you're, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You will no longer have any problems. <laughs> who told you that? Right? You didn't hear it from the catechism of the Catholic Church. You didn't hear it from the Gospels. And yet, friends, I feel that way a lot of times. And I bet you do too. Something happens to you. Your, your friends, your family members, your coworkers, your country, or somebody like those people stranded on that mountain with those crazy ISIS people trying to kill them below. Um, if it's not going just right, then he's trying to kill me. Uh, no, Jesus sent them across, and he knew what they were going to face. What, what this gospel, this gospel is joined with last Sunday's gospel. It comes right after it. 
If Jesus can perform that great miracle of feeding them, Jesus can see them across a big lake. No problem. But look at their faith. Their faith is so weak, like mine, like yours. Um, What Jesus is showing us here is that he has the power um, over nature. It gets us ready for this. This is Jesus dead. Right in front of me, that's Jesus risen from the dead. This gospel today prepares us for the resurrection. Um, If it doesn't, what does? So the resurrection of the dead was, oh, just, just a miracle out of nowhere. Didn't see that coming, right? No, this gospel is getting us ready to show Jesus' greatest miracle, his death and his resurrection. Um, the, um, the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary is a tremendous support for the resurrection of the dead. In 1950, Pope Pius XII declared the dogma of the Assumption. Uh, For most Catholics, just right over our heads, the Pope said that the Blessed Virgin Mary, at the end of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heaven. Now, did he say that she died? Nope. Did he say that she was assumed into heaven alive? Nope. He didn't say. He didn't know because he did because he didn't know. He didn't say, but he did say that at the end of her earthly life, she was assumed into heaven for her heavenly life. Friends, she did not walk over to some wall, push the button up, and get on the elevator. And she did not assume herself. And by the power of God, she was assumed into heaven. Friends, she has done. Um, what what we look for all the time in our in our sports teams, right? I mean, how few times in recent past have we seen the Cowboys with the football cross into the end zone? Touchdown! Uh, it's like we always hear that in their games, but it's for the right the other side. The uh, I'm I'm old enough to remember when they used to win Super Bowls. Now they just have pictures of past Super Bowls, right? The uh, or like in soccer, when someone after two and a half or three hours, they finally kick a ball into a net, and then somebody says, goal! It's like, oh, come on. The um, Our blessed mother, being assumed into heaven, she crosses into the end zone with the football. She, she makes a goal. And we couldn't be bothered. We, we don't see the connection between her assumption and his resurrection. He has the power to feed thousands with five loaves and two fish. He has the power over nature to walk on water. Oh, yeah, but can he raise people from the dead? Oh, sure he can. Well, these things support his claim that, yes, he can. Um, the, uh, the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary is August 15th. August 15th, 1534, that's three years after Our Lady left us her image in Mexico City. On August 15, 1534, in Paris, well, just outside of Paris, today it's inside Paris, on a hill called Montmartre. It's the Hill of Martyrs. Uh, that's where the first bishop of Paris was beheaded because he was a Christian. On that hill, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Francis Xavier, that's him right there, the one pointing up into the uh, air, holding a crucifix, 
St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Francis Xavier, and five other men, five other priests, started the Company of Jesus, the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, on August 15th, 1534. And they, they started this small group. Uh, St. Ignatius felt inspired to do it. They, they kind of thought, now, now what do we do? Now what do we do? So they, they put themselves at the total disposal of the Pope. They thought the Pope would send them to the Holy Land to, um, to, uh, to instruct Muslims. And the Holy Father said, no, I want you to go the other way. I want you to go to India in China. So um, uh, that's what happened. St. Francis Xavier died washed up on the beach of China. He, uh, his body was buried. His body um, was buried, and this is the 1500s. His body is incorrupt. It was not embalmed. His body is incorrupt. It has not decayed. Um, along the way to India and then China, um, he, um, he landed on the last big island in the chain that we call Japan, Kyushu. Let's see, what day did he land there? Oh, yeah, August 15th, 1549. August 15th, 1549, and he started um, spreading the Catholic faith on that, that island. And the people took to it like duck to a water. So um, he spread the faith there. Um, they would uh, concentrate... The Catholics would concentrate in a city there on Kyushu. You might recognize the name, Nagasaki. Um, so on August the 9th, yesterday, 1945, uh, the bomb was dropped over the defense plant outside of Nagasaki. Greenville had a defense plant during World War II. Today we call that defense plant L3. Um, the wind carried the bomb away from the defense plant and over the cathedral. You know the name of the cathedral there in Nagasaki? The Assumption. Yeah. And it was full of Catholics. The cathedral was full of Catholics who during the war had been taking turns praying in the cathedral that God would take their lives as a hanzai. That's a Japanese word for a burnt offering. So the bomb went off above the cathedral and everyone in the cathedral instantly vaporized a burnt offering just instantaneous they they were offering they were offering to god and had been doing so for years their lives to god that he would bring an end to uh, the war in japan and peace so their prayer was for peace now that was august uh, 9th uh, on August 15th, 1945. Uh, you notice how the numbers are similar? He landed on Japan August 15th, 1549. Now, if we'll do what they do in Austin and Washington all the time, if we just play with the number, right? Um, 1549, 1945. August 15th, 1945, the emperor of Japan, for the first time in history, appeared on the radio and declared the total and unconditional surrender of the Empire of Japan. August 15th, 1549. August 15th, 1945. Friends, um, 
St. Ignatius Loyola started the Jesuits on August 15, 1534. On August 15, 2014, uh, by the way, I hope you're taking notes. There will be a test. The, uh, <laughs> uh, August 15, 2014, a Jesuit is going to be just hundreds of miles away from Nagasaki. I, I'm not good with geography of that area, so I looked it up. And in South Korea, looks like the last city closest to Nagasaki that's still in South Korea is Busan. If you take a flight from Busan to Nagasaki, it's 179 miles. That's, that's not as far as driving from here to, to Houston. But it, you can't drive from Busan to Nagasaki because there's a lot of water there, right? The, uh, the Pope is a Jesuit, and he's going to be in South Korea just hundreds of miles from Nagasaki on August 15th, 2014. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, friends, the, um, these, um, these men, um, well, some of these men, who are on the cover of the bulletin, and that is a remarkable painting. Um, the, uh, some of these men are from Mexico. They're Franciscans. Uh, the missionaries came over to Mexico, converted many, and then some of those, and some from the Philippines, went to Japan. They were, um, they were marched 600 miles to humiliate, first of all, to wear them out, to break them down and to humiliate them. They went through every village and town and trying to humiliate them. They finally got to that last island, and there on a hill over Nagasaki, they were crucified. How many are being crucified right now in Iraq by ISIS? Yeah, friends, we're just not hearing about it. Or The ones who do hear about it, they're shocked. I'm shocked that they're shocked. The um, So... Um, St. Paul Miki, I think he was 37, when he was crucified on the hill above Nagasaki in 1597. Look on the last page. There, there toward the bottom, we have his last words. He, he preached his last sermon nailed to a cross there above Nagasaki. And here's what he said. The only reason for my being killed is that I have taught the doctrine of Christ. I thank God it is for this reason that I die. I believe that I am telling the truth before I die. I know you believe me, and I want to say to you all once again, as ask Christ to help you become happy. I obey Christ. After Christ's example, I forgive my persecutors. I do not hate them. I ask God to have pity on all, and I hope my blood will fall on my fellow men as a fruitful rain. He's talking about his fellow Japanese. Okay, friends, like Takashi Nagai, he didn't, uh, after him, at, uh, at Nagasaki, he did not hold it against his persecutors. The men who killed his wife, hurt his health, killed so many. Um, he, uh, he, he made it, St. Paul Miki was a native Japanese, a pagan, now a Christian, now a priest, and he is seeing it through the storm of all of this suffering, and he still believes in God, still believes in Christ. The same with Takashi Nagai, uh, Dr. Takashi Nagai, right? 
I, I know this is a lot to, to listen to all at one time. Let me just show you one last thing. In um, St. Maximilian Kolbe, whose feast day is August 14th, he died in 1941 at Auschwitz in Poland. Before he was locked up there and died, uh, he was traveling across Europe as a Franciscan priest. And he heard some people on the train. They weren't talking German. They weren't talking Polish. They weren't talking Russian. They weren't talking French. They were speaking Japanese. He didn't talk Japanese. And they invited him. They must have had an interpreter. Um, they invited him to come to Japan. So like a Franciscan, he gets permission, goes to Japan, and how much money does he have with him? I guess I left it at home, huh? He, did, he didn't even have his credit cards, right? Anyway, the, or his cell phone. Terrible reception back then, right? Anyway, the, um, so he gets, to, he gets to Japan with zero money. So he starts begging money to build a monastery. Um, he wants to build a monastery in downtown Nagasaki. They tell him, look, the, the little money that you have, you're going to have to go outside the city. You're going to have to go to Greenville, I mean, outside of Nagasaki, to, um, to build this monastery. So they went many miles outside of Nagasaki, next to the mountain, and they built the monastery and, and put, filled it with Franciscan friars there. On August 9th, 1945, when the bomb went off, the monastery, one piece of glass in the windows of the monastery broke. Other than that, there was no damage. All the friars came out, helped the, the sick and the dying and the dead. St. Maximilian Kolbe started that monastery. Um, it, it, friends, when the next time you too are tempted because there is some storm breaking out in your life or in your li the lives of your children or your country, oh, the country is this, oh, the country is that, Oh, the border this. Oh, Iraq. Oh, whatever. Friends, who told you that as a Christian, you were not going to experience suffering? Look at number one, two, three, four. Over there, you see number four? That's Jesus. He's carrying his cross, and he's on his way to be crucified. And his mother looks up to him, and she says, have a nice day. I don't think that's what she said, right? Now look over there. Look at number one, two from the end, from the front. There's Jesus, her son, dead in her arms. So she experienced incredible suffering, and I should expect never to suffer. I should never expect to see my family suffer, my friends suffer, my country. Who told you that? Who told you that? And I'm saying this, and I'm the worst example of this. Um, Jesus could feed the, the, the thousands with five loaves and two fish. He could walk on water. And the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary is our hope that when we die, that we will cross the finish line. When you die, what do you want your family to do? Put your body um, near, the, near the end zone and have somebody drag you across the finish line there at Arlington Stadium? Um, if, if Jerry Jones allows that, you're gonna, he's going to charge you for the parking. I can guarantee you that, right? Um, no, our goal is resurrection of the dead. And Jesus has the power to do it. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 